0: a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. My name is Ryan Heyman. You can call me H. And I'm Ryan Quintel. You can call me Q. I think we're both a bit tired today. We've had some uh, pretty much nonstop work ever since this whole COVID situation's been kicking off. We've been working from home, and I know that you're starting up a new job, and you know things just kind of continue to uh, to stay their merry course. But we'll, we'll do our best to put as much energy as possible into the show.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think you you probably feel this. If some of you are work from homers or newly remote remote work has a tendency of both being a little bit peaceful and serene you are at your house after all you have access to your stuff your resources but at the same time uh it can also exacerbate um maybe you know poor behaviors in other parts of your company or (laughs) if you're uh, a company that's not used to remote work maybe i don't know about you guys but people have been a lot of meetings, meeting, 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 and seeing yourself on camera and stuff almost is a little bit performative. And it, it for some reason is a little mm. extra tiring
0: for me. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. I'm i I'm normally kind of a camera off type of person. Plenty of meetings on our side as well. You know, just everyone needs Everyone needs that connect, you know. You can't just uh walk down the hall and talk to people anymore. <laughs> yeah.
1: I Were you uh, referring to the Microsoft Connect because I would love to actually <laughs> start talking to people in 3D. Um, yeah, I guess so. Uh I am ready totally for, you know, a break on the scale of a week I think I might have to take or something just because I yeah, I'm just tired of being on camera. <laughs>
0: This is a purely audio medium, so hopefully this will provide a a bit of a respite from the on-camera demands.
1: And let's take this opportunity to announce we are now streaming live the shit. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) An extra hour of camera time each week. No, we will make it through it. uh, And uh, I certainly hope... uh, I'm going to try and adopt your technique here. Maybe go camera-less for a few days, see how that feels.
0: Yeah. You could do and wear anything you want. All right, let's, uh, let's hop into some video game pitches. I believe I'm going first today. And uh, what I'm going to be pitching is a, uh, well, on my Twitter, I put out one of my classic jokey jokes. Oh. <laughs> I, oftentimes on Twitter, I will use that as a space where I'll think of something funny and I'll just kind of like type out what would be the punchline in an otherwise good joke and not really bother with the setup. And just assume that like if people think it's funny, then whatever. That would explain Great. your
1: myriad of tweets that just end with if you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> so um yeah, I was uh I was particularly tickled by this uh this mashup of titles and um Ashton Herman suggested that we turn this into an actual pitch. So here we go. I'm going to be putting forward a title only and see if we can work backwards and create a game from there. This is Everybody's Golf to the Rapture. <laughs>
1: okay. Everybody's Golf to the Rapture. This is a play on... What, what's the golf game? Everyone's Golf?
0: So it's Everybody's Golf.
1: Oh, it is Everybody's uh, is, Golf. It's
0: um, the name of uh, Hot Shots Golf in America. And every, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture as well, which is a walking simulator that is set in kind of a eerily pleasant post-apocalyptic in a way uh, kind of English townside um, that is now devoid of people. You just kind of walk through and hear um, kind of ghostly remnants of, of what people were doing when a strange event kind of unfurled in their county.
1: I didn't realize that Hot Shots Golf had another name, period, which is kind of a revelation for me here. So I love Hot Shots Golf. Let's... Uh, <laughs> I guess we are trying to, a perfect 18 holes here will rapture us, potentially.
0: So the thing about uh, everybody's gone to the rapture is you're just kind of like, you're going, um, not quite sequentially, but it's also not entirely open world. You kind of make your way from kind of one part of the town to the next, you know, explore inside people's homes and in their yards and through the streets and in the, the churchyard and all of this kind of, all these wonderful places and i just thought like it would make for such a such an evo- evocative kind of golfing type of scenario if you were golfing through a town or um yeah. i i would think it'd have to be more interesting than just like a open field like you would get in mo- most golf courses I'm looking for something a little bit more urban but perhaps using the kind of uh this kind of cool thing about uh kind of the spatial uh, continuity of a golf course and turn that into kind of a narrative space. You know, I love in uh, the newest Everybody's Golf on PS4, you can, you can golf through, you know, uh, 18 holes on a number of courses, but you can also go to like open course and then just kind of like walk or drive around on the golf courses and then, you know, play each hole as you desire. But um, it's, it's, It really kind of puts you in a different like mindset and perspective, seeing how all the holes are like linked spatially to one another.
1: It's interesting that you said that because I immediately, maybe this is the obvious take, but I immediately started going to like walking around a place like everybody's gone to the rapture, but having it also be a golf game, right? So like it's almost golfing in the apocalypse, if you will, uh, no golf cart or yes, golf cart. And you're tooling around this neighborhood. (laughs) And when you hit the ball, like maybe there's something special about the ball. Maybe, uh, the sort of ambient dialogue or the characters that you're discovering, the stories you're discovering can only happen within proximity to the ball, but you can't touch the ball with your hands or else you'll also be raptured. So, uh, you're forced to sort of put it around and see if it can, uh, pick up these stories in different locations. So you could set up things like chip shots and, and sand dune uh, shots and all these types of things because you're trying to really specifically position the ball.
0: Yeah, you know, in Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, you kind of play, or you don't play as, rather you kind of follow around a- um, wispy. Kind of a glowing orb of light that kind of wisps around the town. So, you know, we kind of have that element to work with. Um, I would think kind of putting that around would be a good way of, you know, triggering uh, these kind of ghostly stories within its proximity. But, uh, you know, I'd like to, I don't know if we, if it only feels like a golf game in as much as like the, like locomotion um, or whether we incorporate, you know, holes and scores and pars and That kind of thing, or whether we are just using it as a purely mechanical, you know, way to navigate town. That's interesting. How do we set up goals? You know, I kind of wish I played uh, Golf Story now, uh, an RPG on the Nintendo Switch that uh, looks like a kind of top-down JRPG, but plays everything with golf mechanics. I've uh, I've started, I've put about, you know, 10 minutes into it, but I, I wish I had done a little bit more homework beforehand.
1: I wonder if you could do something where you almost get, let's say you take a pretty organically laid out neighborhood, and then you place it, you slice it into all these different sections. Um, it's not really sliced so much in the game other than maybe some like, semi-transparent uh, walls and barriers as you pass from hole to hole. But um, what you can do is you can drop your ball and, like, attempt a piece of the neighborhood. And that that slice at that moment is the hole that you're working on. And uh, the ball drops in a specific location, and then you have to reach another location with it. And I really like the idea of this. One thing that's sort of not true about Everybody's Gone to the Rapture is it's not very valve It's not like, hey, uh, <laughs> take the basketball, play some basketball with it. it. It's not any of that. So I wonder if you could kind of play a little bit more with physics and play a little bit more with the interactivity of the space, since you have that, you know, I think <laughs> Dangerous Golf was a recent <laughs> example of a ball smashing into all these things. Like, potentially things are breakable. Maybe stories are Mm-hmm. Ruinable or missable or something.
0: Yeah, maybe instead of there being a par, every hit that you take, um, every kind of stroke causes the whatever kind of ball entity you're batting around to decay a little bit, and you get kind of less and less of the story or kind of a fuzzier recollection of what happened. Yeah. And so to get the full story, you have to find. And of interesting shortcuts. you know it's one of the things I've been playing everybody's golf recently and I noted at least in the um, the early really kind of easy courses, it felt like the game more or less kind of plays itself like you it, it does a pretty good job of kind of pointing you in the right direction with your first couple swings. All you have to do is basically just you know trust where it points you wind up to full power and then let loose with a you know a couple good drives. Um, and without a lot of real kind of choices to make. And I would love if there was a way of incorporating, you know, different paths you can choose like a sonic stage or different, um, you know, just like real choices to make along the way.
1: I, I like that. and I, And one of the things that I'm thinking there is that you could then incorporate some sort of. Uh, return of the Oberdin like notebook system that as you're, you know, mm. making different scores on different holes, you're sketching things out, remembering them in your notebook, and you can kind of assemble what happened in a, in a larger, more expansive look.
0: It'd be neat if there are ways to kind of connect events between holes as well. If you kind of understand via the context of the story that's happening that characters are involved in each other's events, then you go to the you know the um I don't know, what is the area that the people set up the uh set up the pins on. Anyways, the beginning of one hole that is associated with one character, and maybe kind of like hit it away from you know the the goal that you're shooting for, like completely off the course into another another one of the um another one of the holes, and Just kind of like crossing over in that way and uh, cross-polluting those elements brings forward new elements of the story you wouldn't have been able to see before.
1: I like that. And then you can really do some like storytelling, narrative arcs, and then potentially you can like choose two pieces of the neighborhood at a time and sit like kind of design your own dog leg courses to to connect threads of the story.
0: Let's go and wrap that one up. Uh, I think you know, we came in with a name. I'm still pretty happy with that. So um, let's call that one good. And uh, let's go on to whatever you're bringing us today.
1: What the heck am I bringing us today? So I I went into this uh, kind of reluctant about sharing this pitch, but uh, I think it could be really fun. So I was watching, uh, I don't know, do you watch John Oliver on HBO? Yeah. So this past week, he introduced the world to, or many of us in the world, to the uh, Lelys, Lellis Marble League, mm-hmm. and I immediately uh, went to YouTube and checked out the Marble League's page and... I was blown away. I, I was found myself watching an hour plus of uh, sweet marble action, uh, <laughs> and so I really enjoyed it. And I was like, "This should get the treatment of your, you know, 2K or Madden sports sim." So let's have <laughs> the Marble League sports sim, where you can have a wonderful, cool, maybe Tony Hawk-style course designer. Uh, You can customize and paint your marbles. You can, you know, sign sponsors and the whole thing. And of course, uh, upload your marble videos to the internet so you can get some really sweet commentary on
0: them. All right, starting the clock there. This is cool. Um, I like a sports game where you aren't actually playing the game. You're just kind of like setting the stakes for it to happen because I think one of the things that make these uh, Marvel Olympics, so so interesting is that obviously there's no consciousness within the competitors you know it's all a matter of luck and physics and gravity and all that um which is uh you know it feels very fair um and i want to kind of maintain that which feels kind of antithetical to create a video game in which the characters can't be controlled but um, I think you know if it's all about. I mean, football manager kind of works in a similar way. Yeah. Uh, in in a way, this is kind of like Marble Manager. So I thought that was a, that's exactly
1: it, and I think what you can do is maybe treat it like if you wanted to a Mario Maker sort of thing, where it's way more about the course design, um, and potentially like as you build the course and, and run the race, you can control the cameras. I know like they have outdoor races, which almost have like a drone following down along dirt path. But I just thought in with, you know, even with today's uh, Xbox one PS4 generation, we see things like dreams and uh, these games that, uh, because they've really focused the scope of their visuals, their visuals are super, super high fidelity. And I love, I would love to see like super realistic rendered dirt and and mud and stuff at uh, designing courses for off-road and then of course um having cool like really uh, structured course builders that are about gradations of the ramp and you build it section by section. It's very clear that that's like how they've put them together. So, you know, and then of course, designing the fake little marble crowd would be so good. You could actually put in the paper cutouts that the real sports games (laughs) use at this point too.
0: (laughs) I think, you know, there's a lot of joy to be had from the kind of aesthetic design of the marbles. Um, I'm I'm wondering what else we could do beyond, you know, assembling the courses and, and getting ready for game time if there's any aspects like additional twists uh, performance enhancement or do we you know somehow gain sponsorships like what are our responsibilities as the manager
1: yeah i mean it's interesting maybe that what you do is as you design courses it would be weird to do this because this would be very unsportsmanlike, right? But place your bets on particular marbles during the race. Like, obviously, this would be terrible in real sports. But uh, if, you, if you kind of were able to look and bet on the marbles and use that as a way to earn cash or a currency, I would like to see, like, being able to unlock not only the things that you know, you see in the uh, Jealous or Jells Marble League courses, but... You could add more mechanized things. You could add more, uh, almost F-zero type of like speed pads and things like that that you could place across a course, and and maybe even eventually you go full Rocket League and allow like marbles to customize their blazing trails and their the sounds that they make as they pass by the camera and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Gameplay-wise, though, I'm trying to think about ways to add to that. I guess you could do. I mean, in addition to like the main simulator mode, you could actually do like a marble racer, right? Where it feels a little bit more like a super monkey ball, but you're racing.
0: It would be kind of hands off at that point, though. Like, what would the player be doing?
1: Well, I guess you would be able to sort of generally, like in the super monkey ball race model, you'd probably be able to move the ball left and right. I know you're technically moving the courses in super monkey ball, but you can kind of put some English Potentially on the uh, on the marble, and then kind of nudge it to make sure that you're hitting those speed pads and those those sorts of things. Or maybe it's almost like the final fan, the original Final Fantasy Seven Chocobo races, where uh, you have like an energy pool, and you're just choosing uh, when to sort of hmm. conserve and boost uh, at different parts of the courses. See if you can really smash into a turn to break free of it or uh if you want to try and overtake someone but of course bump them too hard and you know they get a great speed advantage.
0: So uh let's think about other events that we could set up as well. Obviously races are kind of speak for themselves. Could we do long jump or yeah, I would imagine like pole <laughs> vaulting would be difficult uh but not impossible. Shot put, I I don't I don't know how that would work, but let's let's see how many Olympic events we can kind of figure out a way to incorporate.
1: Man, the sound of marble boxing sounds fun. I don't know if it's uh pull-offable. Sumo would be doable. Sumo would be cool. I like the idea of um maybe like a weightlifting, but the weightlifting is like trying to balance a, a, um an amount of marbles on you know, a piece of material or something like that. See how many before it all collapses. Mm, yeah. How about swimming? Can you make marble? Will do marbles sink?
0: They do, right? They would, yeah. Um, you could create probably special marbles that don't sink. Um, otherwise, you could. I mean, you could obviously freeze the water. That would be more like figure skating. That, which would be a fun event for marbles to compete in. <laughs>
1: yes oh my god the oval figure skating and then you can do all sorts of spins and stuff and and you design your marble to look exceptionally sparkly i think that would be really important there
0: too <laughs> yeah choose your music what does uh what does progression look like you know I, I feel like once you have you know athletes aren't expensive although maybe they are maybe maybe you can trade marbles from other teams give them your color makeover and uh kind of keep your eye on uh, who's performing especially well i mean uh kind of like a you know money ball the situation like very literally in this case
1: yeah i think if the if one of the main uh drivers of the game is the sort of create a course and the sharing sort of stuff then potentially you could build a really lightweight almost mario kart sized racing campaign or or preset courses that are, of course, f- officially licensed by uh, the, the <laughs> Jealous Marble League. Um, and on those courses, you could also do like marble class, right? And marble class is like size, weight, and why don't we say like purity or something, like the amount of friction and drag that they have. Okay. And so, uh, now you have a couple different methods of articulation, and that'd be fun. You know, you can do free for all races where all sorts of marbles compete against each other, and then you can have these really structured, like win the class championship.
0: I mean, I think it would be pretty fun to to do. This might just be cutscene material rather than something you would actually actually uh, incorporate, but kind of follow the off track uh, or off of the field lives of some of the competitors here, <laughs> you know, to see yeah. Johnny Marble go home and maybe he's like in a bad relationship or yeah, I don't know. You just like put that element of the fiction into it.
1: That's really funny. I definitely think you should do that. And and then that way, like you have the excuse. I feel like Ubisoft does this with the rabbits or something like that. But like now you can have like these marbles sitting at their kitchen table uh, in these tiny little, you know, tilt shift, uh, nice, nice little uh, <laughs> set, little vignettes, and have them wearing tiny little pairs of glasses or have small mustaches or something outside. <laughs> but of course, you have to be hairless when you're competing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can shave your marbles. <laughs> <laughs> and we did it. Uh, yeah, that is about time. Let's um, let's close it down. Let's give it a name.
1: Well, I could name it an
0: Av after
1: the league. Is that where you were going?
0: I was also thinking like how people dismissively use the term sports balls a lot, which in this case is pretty accurate to what it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I do also like the, uh, so the name of the racing series within, uh, jealous marble runs is Marbula one. So I do like the idea. Hey, we have, uh, formula one racing we could also That's potentially
0: do marbula one or even uh this is going too far but a uh, marble ultimate alliance <laughs> classic riff off of
1: <laughs> i will let you choose which everyone is going to get us the best seo
0: okay well then we can find out in the show notes make that decision later how fun got some strong contenders in there
1: I feel good about um, all the options. What, what were we saying before? We we had a moment where we were like, add it, like put it in the archive or something like that.
0: Yeah. I forget uh, what it
1: was. We got to get it back to it.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> let's hop over to our community and see what y'all have in store for us today. Yes. Right, just some familiar names here. That's all right. Okay, this one comes from Mike Esquera again, who can always count on for yes. get a good video game pitch. Mike says, players compete to see how far they can throw <laughs> a small European compact car.
1: I knew you were going to. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick this one. And let me ask you this because I don't want to spoil future things, and you can cut this out if you want, but his other pitch is players compete to see who can throw an elevator the farthest.
0: Well, let's uh, let's tie them all together here.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> I love the idea of almost almost like a Hot Shots or an everybody's strongman competition, where mm-hmm. uh, you have these really, you know, all, all of the... The way I would describe these characters are they all look like the guy screaming in the Clash of Clans logo. <laughs> <laughs> Just the most burly men and women, you know, huge bulging, the, the RPG proportions. Like what, we're having them throw different things, but is there mechanics to throwing things? I feel like we it'd have to be physics You'd have to also like, have to hold and handle strange objects as well.
0: We should uh, note as well that... Mike did make a couple of very good jokes in his emails. In uh, the the one where you are throwing elevators was uh, was titled elevator pitch, and the one where you're throwing <laughs> small cars is mini pitch, which I appreciate, of course. Um, but uh, you know, one thing I've been thinking of recently is that it's been a while since there's been a good like Godzilla game. And uh, I would think something kind of of that scale would be, you know, would be the type of creature that would be throwing cars to begin with. So I don't, it doesn't have to be within the Godzilla license, but maybe something kind of like um, uh, there was a what was it King of the Monsters on PlayStation Two? I don't remember what it's called, but it was a there was kind of a kaiju fighting game. Um, but I would love to see with our modern technology what we can do with the kind of like giant mech or kaiju you know, brawler in a way where you have a 3D fighting arena that kind of takes place in this big city and you can kind of pick up buildings to smash over each other and pick up cars to throw at each other and elevators and such. But uh, like really kind of get the environmental destruction feeling, right? Because I don't think we've really done that just yet.
1: Yeah, I think that would be cool. And uh, you could almost go a little catamari on this as you continue to mm-hmm. um get like more and more larger monsters and those sort of things going on. I, I, One of the things I do like is the different sorts of types of monsters is the right thing, but the... The way I'd almost describe it is, I guess, like I guess it's breed of monster or something. But the way Mothra would throw something, or the way a flying beast—I don't, you know—again, we don't necessarily want to be Godzilla mm-hmm. here. But what would a flying creature do versus what would that a large lizard creature do versus you know even King Kong being in this? They uh, create a whole cinematic universe here.
0: We we've done some ideas around giant monsters in the past. I remember we've done one that was like a battle royale type of thing where you just kept getting bigger and bigger the more monsters you ended up defeating until it was kind of a one-on-one of creatures of really epic proportions. But uh, I'd love to uh, love to really kind of get the, get the destruction feeling right. I'd love to, you know, walk through buildings and have them be, you know, obstacles that we could throw at the opponents, things that we're tripping over, things that we can really kind of kick through and watch all the little particle effects go flying everywhere you know let's uh let's incorporate some real uh real joy in the destruction here did you ever play that uh crackdown 2 multiplayer that was supposed to be so you know destruction fully featured or is
1: cra- that crackdown 3 crackdown 3 rather yes. yeah yeah <laughs> um i didn't no i have no idea what the heck the crackdown multiplayer ever ended up being
0: yeah i didn't either it's it's a standalone download and so i, I really should just you know, give it a try at some point. But man, I just, I really want to see like real destructible environments. That's one of the things when I was playing Just Cause 2, I was like, this is, you know, so close to being a perfect action game. I just wish there were, you know, more destructible environments in, uh, in this game's beautiful world and two Just Cause games later and still like we're yet to crack that egg, maybe in the next generation. Yeah. That's interesting. So now we kind of in this space
1: of, I'm thinking about like, is it real time? Is it me and multiple monsters all at the same time? Or the way he's describing it is also a little bit Olympic, right? I guess we're all missing mm. the Olympics this year where it's like how, almost like a pilot wings of these kaiju monsters of like, okay, now uh, this, this kaiju is going to come up and see... See what they can do for tearing apart the Empire State Building. How many buildings can they uh, throw off the island uh, in five minutes or something like that?
0: Uh, I mean, we could also take it in a different direction instead of being large ourselves. We could be normal-sized people with kind of like a really powered-up gravity gun in a way, like in a Half-Life type of story where we're throwing things that are much too large and, and very dangerous for us to be throwing but uh, almost kind of like a social distancing friendly sumo match in a way. We're kind of one-on-one with another opponent or even you could do like four players, like one on each kind of side of a circle, each chucking large environmental objects at each other, trying to, to flatten each other, either pushing each other out of the circle or maybe just kind of flatten each other in these busy urban uh, city street type of environments. You know, obviously if you are it's easy to take shelter from something the size of a bus coming and hitting you, but if you're just spending the entire match throwing bricks, then it's going to take forever for you to land the the killing blow in 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 as such
1: I like that. I do like the idea of you know poor poor Hulk he's never really the Hulk has never really gotten a good standalone game, and maybe there is something to. Bruce Banner and—or uh, or the Hulk and She-Hulk both getting their increasing levels of bigness as they compete in different things. And so you keep hulking up, and of course, uh, you go from, you know, playing something very domesticated to, like, trying to get angrier and angrier um, and getting larger and larger over time. Although that feels like—I I do feel like we've pitched something where you keep getting bigger in a multiplayer match.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've done that. But I like that you say very kind of domestic in a way. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, think yeah. of like Octodad, where you have a series of tasks to perform and then the passage of time, perhaps you kind of hulk out a little bit more and end up, you know, inadvertently destroying things. Things become more difficult to, it's going to also be a fun kind of VR thing to be, you know, really strong because you don't have that same sense of like pressure feedback that you do if you were to hold something in real life. So, you know, it would be very easily to inadvertently crush something. So maybe you are a hulk that has to deliver wedding cakes and has to, you know, and whatever it takes to get there, but, you know, making sure that all these kind of delicate things that you're trying to, uh, trying to perform, you have to, you know, cut somebody's hair, you have to, you know, fix a car, you know, all these kinds of things. And it's, um, it's just kind of like fumbling with your big strong, you know, meaty hands.
1: <laughs> what if <laughs> So <laughs> I do like the idea of it's it's often it's often joked that you know, very strong men while they are uh they have exceptional strength, doing something as simple as uh say scratching their own back is a true challenge. So I do like the idea of uh picking almost um, this is almost a a potential pitch of a format of like a fusion frenzy or something where, but, but more domestic. So let's, let's set it in like, you know, a small town or something like that. And you pick these big burly men, put it in Austria. So we get a bunch of uh, funny accents and all this stuff. Um, Shout out to Austria, your accent. Um, (laughs) Then we, then you could have almost like a wheel of activities. And so you have, you know, you sign up for like a match of three or a match of five or whatever, um, and the wheel spins and you get everything from like, you know, throw a Mini Cooper, which is, you know, could be just like a button mashing type of event. It's almost like a Mortal Kombat minigame or something like that to scratch your own back. Uh, and that's even harder than throwing,
0: <laughs> you know, the yeah, Mini you Cooper. Know, fold the laundry and that kind of thing.
1: Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, uh uh, rock a baby to sleep and that sort of thing. Um, so you could really, uh, have all these little cutscenes of these rather large muscle men looking pretty silly. I think that could be fun.
0: Yeah. Um, that's, that's all the time we have on that one. Let's give it a name and wrap it up. I was thinking, uh, if there's a pun to make on hardcore, you can do like hard chore, hard chores. Hard. Yeah. Hard chore. <laughs> It's a pretty funny name. Thank you, Mike Esquera, as always, for sending that one in. Looks like we have a couple more of yours. And if anyone else would like to populate our inbox, then uh, we would be um, happy to throw a little bit of variety in there as well. Of course, we always love hearing from our our repeat friends who are just bursting with ideas. But, you know, um, getting some new names on the pod is always great as well. It gives us a little bit of Affirmation that people are continuing to discover and uh, and enjoy the podcast and it uh, gives us a, a great variety of titles to um, be inspired by. So <laughs> uh, if you would like to contribute something, you can do so by going to playwrightcast.com slash pitch. You can email us playwrightcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at playwrightcast and uh, this could really come from anybody. The ideas can be as complex or as simple as you want them to be, it's our job to make them into good radio.
1: <laughs> Special thank you to Protodome for the use of our theme song, Hello World, off the album Blue Noise. When you're at, while you're at it, check out all the other great shows on the Cane and Rinse podcast network, like Kane
0: and Rinse, Sound of Play, and The Sausage Factory. All right. So to take us out of the show today, are we uh, are we playing a game? Or are we doing a mini pitch? What are we prepared for?
1: I've got a little government memo game for you, sir. Okay,
0: cool. Let's do it.
1: Okay. you. <laughs> here we go. Uh, for people that haven't heard this game before, we are reading descriptions of video games from Metacritic, but we've redacted the most important details. That being said, here we go. We should probably do three guesses, by the way. We're going to add more structure. It's going to become more of a game each time. All okay, right, here. all right. You are Redacted, a government agent on a mission to regain control of a secret Redacted from terrorist hands. Lightly armed and facing an army of foes, Redacted must avoid firefights in order to survive. If Redacted can locate them... Is that is that real? If Redacted can locate them... He can utilize advanced hardware ranging from silenced pistols to -to ground-to-air missiles. This is a weird one.
0: I I, I was pretty confident until ground-to-air missiles came up.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. It's a little... The ground-to-air missiles, I feel like, 5% misleading.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, is it... Um, Guess so one. I'm kind of between like Splinter Cell and Rainbow Six somewhere in that general vicinity.
1: Yeah, you're, you're
0: in the vicinity. <laughs> how, 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 uh, <laughs> how close <laughs> am I getting? Uh, you are.
1: in the Clancyverse? <laughs> you are warm. You're warm, okay. but it isn't, you're not hot.
0: Okay. All right. Are, are we within the Clancyverse? We
1: are not in Clancyverse.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Let's see, so government agent. You know what? This could <laughs> even be could even be a Metal Gear Solid. Ding How we ding feel ding about ding that? ding. Hey. hey. <laughs>
1: Metal Gear Solid. You are Snake, a government agent on a mission to regain control of a secret nuclear weapons. Yeah, okay. Uh, a secret nuclear weapon base from terrorist hands. Lightly armed and facing an army of foes, Snake must avoid firefights in order to survive. If Snake, I basically just had to react. Snake, if Snake can locate <laughs> them, which is such a strange sentence, he can utilize advanced hardware ranging from silenced pistols to ground-to-air missiles.
0: I guess he do fight a helicopter at one point. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: There you go. That is uh, PlayStation's 1998
0: Konami's Metal Gear Solid. Very cool. Yeah, I keep forgetting that Snake is a government agent. Like, he really feels like... His he's own kind of thing. his own, yeah, he's more like a secret agent. I guess even James Bond is a government agent, so, yeah, interesting. That makes, cool. But I well, feel like
1: James Bond interacts with the government in the way that Snake is just, I feel like he's never talking, he just talks to, like, Boss or whoever, right?
0: Yeah, he talks to uh, the colonel, uh, his his handler, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird one. It's There's like plenty government. more that could have gone into that description <laughs> that, yes. that didn't, so... <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was one of those things that highlighted yes, video games can be a little generic. Hey, well, well done. You're, uh, you're on the board.
0: All right. Very cool. Uh, let's, um, let's, let's go off for the week. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you all again next week. Bye.